crime in me. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime in me. We are in no way responsible for the things that come out of our mouths. We are not experts, although we may claim to be, so don't take anything that we say too literally. We are not laughing at the crimes, we are laughing at each, each other! other. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Criminy. We're your hosts, Matt and Ange. Allah. <laughs> and we never know what to say after that. But here we go. <laughs> We're here for another week of telling you fucked up things. Episode 41. It's 41 weeks of telling you horrible, horrible things. That's amazing. <laughs> Pat on the back because this week's been very, very busy. Toot your own horn. I think we should toot both our own horns. I'll toot my own horn, thank you. You toot your own horn. I'm Don't not touching your <laughs> horn. Don't toot my horn. <laughs> I won't toot your horn. I won't toot your horn. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. I hope my story makes sense. Yeah, me too. (laughs) That'll be nice. Yeah. Um, So I got most of my information from an article on TexasMonthly.com. Hey. Because it was very thorough. Are we going to Texas? We are. And I got some information from DFW.CBSLocal.com. I'm going to tell you the story of... Oh, two sources. Um, Way to go. <laughs> that's right. That's what happens when you, when you find an article that's longer than so a paragraph. So good. Yeah. Nice. So good. Thank you, journalists. <laughs> yes. Thank you for all the work you're doing. So I'm going to tell you the story of Kendra Hatcher. Okay. On the evening of September 2nd, 2015, in a parked garage, sorry, in a parking garage connected to the luxurious high-rise apartment building called Gables Park 17. Ooh. In Dallas, Texas. Here's my thing. With what like... is your thing? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like with luxury apartments or whatever, I like having outdoor space. And then when you're in like a high rise, I just feel like your outdoor space isn't nearly what I would want it to be. Yes. Well, this one had like a yeah. saltwater infinity pool and like a coffee shop and like a concierge oh, okay. and stuff. like a workout so there were room, like little whatever. i don't know about an outside outside area right. but yeah but see that's the yeah, yeah. i agree i need Plus, an outside like fear of something happening and you have to go Ooh, you don't want to be up up yeah also i don't like elevators so well we can all agree that you and apartment buildings don't fit so <laughs> not a on. luxury high rise i will never be in a luxury high rise and not because of the money situation just because of your fears and your disgust well, and the money small- but mostly the elevators in the outdoor space okay and yeah having like an animal you know okay we want to take your well, look i'm not forcing you to to go to a luxury high rise apartment has zephyr ever gone up an elevator i have no idea i feel like she'd be terrified yeah she hates cars so much i don't think she has Uh, well i've never lived in a luxury high rise so (laughs) enough about us oh yeah so in this parking garage to this high rise Mm -hmm. a resident who was like also parking his car he heard a terrible almost animalistic scream and then the resident saw a black jeep peel out of the parking structure so police were immediately called and cop cars showed up and they sealed the garage off 
Meanwhile, a man named Ricardo... Wait, they, they sealed it off because he heard a scream and saw a car leave. Well, then they, they went in there and they, I'll tell, uh, oh, okay. they're sealing it. They're like, something's happening. We got to shut this shit down. Okay. okay. Meanwhile, Ricardo, who went by Ricky. Ricky uh, Ricardo? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Ricardo Ricky. Uh, uh-huh. Ricky Paniagua called his girlfriend from the Gables Park a complex to let her know. So he's like in the apartment and she's like at, supposed to be at work or something. And he's he, like, you're not going to be able to get in because basically he's it's like, all shut off. don't try and park in the garage, park on the street. There's something happening. Okay. What he didn't know at the oh, time no. was they were sealing the garage off because his girlfriend, Kendra Hatcher, had been found dead. Oh, no. And so, yeah, Kendra was laying face up dead on the ground outside her car oh. and she had a bullet wound to the back of her head. Huh. And her coach purse was missing. Uh-huh. Police... But her uh, car was still there. Yep. Uh-huh. Mmm. Huh. <laughs> mm. Police seem to think like you. Mm-hmm. So at first they were like, this must be a robbery gone wrong. But then they were like, nah, her Wait car's a still here. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And purse. she was shot to the back of the head. That's so also like, weird. Mm. It's not like, give me your money. Yeah, it's just like, shoot wrong. first, ask questions later. Shoot first, steal purse later. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, women in that neighborhood were scared because some... Well, this is 2015, yeah. though. They have, like, cameras and shit, right? They do. Okay. I think that they only had a camera, like, in the entrance of, of the course. garage. Mm-hmm. So they caught the Jeep on film leaving okay. and coming. Okay. Just feel like if you have luxury high-rise, that thing is, like, rigged with cameras, right? You would hope. You would think so. Um, I don't know if I would be hoping it, but I would be thinking You that. would assume, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, especially in 2015. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. So, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Kendra. Kendra Hutcher was born and raised in a small town in Illinois called Pleasant Plains. Oh. Oh. And her mother, Bonnie, owned a quilt shop. Oh, that's sweet. And in high school, she was the captain of her cheerleading team and her volleyball team. Damn. And she also traveled the world on church missions, spreading the word of God, building uh, churches, and leading Bible studies for low-income children. I mean, why don't you build them something they could actually use? Yeah, can't eat a Bible. <laughs> but, uh... You cannot. You know, I like, in her heart, she felt like she was doing right, but yeah. you know how much I disapprove of brainwashing <laughs> and going and telling people in other countries how to live. Yeah, and then building things that they don't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just pisses me right off, but mm. I will climb Let's... off my high horse <laughs> and get back to the story at hand. <laughs> That's a very high horse. You might need the elevator <laughs> yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no fire truck ladders can reach that high horse. <laughs> so anyway, Kendra, she went to DePaul University. And I don't know if it was like a mistype and it was like DePaul. Yeah. But it was spelled like... <laughs> De Paw University in Indiana. Of the Paw. Of the Paw. Okay. Majoring in Spanish and minoring in biochemistry. Wow, smarty. Mm-hmm. And then when she graduated, she enrolled in the University of Kentucky College of Dentistry. Ah. And while she was going to that college, she spent her spring breaks working with Habitat for Humanity. Wow. And she even once went to Ecuador for a short trip to offer free dental care for children Damn. that couldn't afford it. So 
She's doing good shit. She like, yeah, I don't like the church thing, but she's like a selfless person. She's like doing it for the right reasons, it seems like. Well, and yeah. like, you know, maybe that prompted her to go and do like actually helpful things like dental work. Yeah. Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. That's good. So she's doing well. She sounds like a great person. She married her college boyfriend, but it didn't last very long. And in 2010, she moved to Dallas, Texas for a fresh start. And she got a job at a dentistry place called Smile Zone. Cute. (laughs) And she rented an apartment at Gable Park 17. So uh, did she graduate dental school? So she's She's a dentist. dentist. Nice. She's got a job. She's got a nice apartment. Luxury. Luxury apartment. She got on some dating apps. Yeah, girl. But she wasn't very impressed with most of the people. No, girl. She was like swiping left like crazy. Yeah, I gotta keep swiping. Swipe. Keep on swiping. Until she saw Ricky Pana... Panag... Paniot... Ricardo. (laughs) Ricky Paniagua. Yeah. And his profile read, Living out my childhood dream as a physician... Very happy and in a great place in life. Enjoy running, exploring places new to me, and opening the car door for my date. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So then they met up, and they really hit it off, and they began dating. Ricky later says that things progressed really quickly, but that it felt right. Yeah. And their values and interests were pretty much the same. Yeah. And they started going on trips together and went to upscale restaurants and like posted a lot of pictures of themselves on social media mm. being like, we are so awesome. And they're both like uh-huh. super attractive and like they're both doctors, you right. know, she's a dentist, he's a physician. She was a, a, a child, a children's dentist, a yeah. pediatric dentist. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what kind of medicine he did. I but. feel like if I were to be a dentist, pediatric would be the way to go because if you fuck up on those little teeth, they're coming out anyway. You got doubles. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sure she has a great true. dentist. Yeah, yeah. She's like, ooh, don't worry. One will it's be filling come in. out like a year. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> you look fine. Um, so okay. Anyway, so in, in you know they traveled a lot. They whatever. They were like really enjoying they were their time. Living that Instagram life. Living it up. Yeah. And in fact, the night that she was killed was the night before they were supposed to go to Cancun for a long weekend. Mm. things started getting kind of serious between the two of them and at one point ricky emailed his ex-girlfriend brenda delgado who they like kept in touch and they Mm -hmm. were like still kind of close friends that uh he he like emailed her and was like i found someone i'm interested in and like it's Mm -hmm. going great and you know whatever and she was like great good for you and (laughs) She was like, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, but she was like, you know, still like a good friend. Like he'd he'd said that um, he needed his car to be worked on, and so she arranged for his car to be dropped off at like this place that her friend owned, like a shop, uh-huh. body shop or whatever. And she like picked him up and took him there and brought him home and mm. then brought him back to his car. So I she mean, was, I'm sure it's possible to be friends with an ex. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. I mean, but he always said that she was, you know, seemingly kind and helpful and just like whatever. And that they would like periodically text each other. I just feel like if that's going to happen, you have to have like very clear boundaries and maybe like not be like, oh, I'm so in love with someone new kind of a yeah. thing. Maybe. Uh, it's just touchy. Okay. Me. Me Unless what? you both were like, we're clearly not compatible. This isn't working kind of a thing, but. 
a lot of times someone gets more hurt than the other. I'd say a good 99% of the time, one person's not so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, both people are not happy, but one person's extra yeah. not happy. Yeah, a, a little more unhappy oh. and happier than A little the more other. Um, scorned? Could be. You know? A little devastated. A little devastated, where the other one's like, I feel bad for hurting you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. police start to suspect that Kendra's death was a murder for hire. It does, I mean, execution style, mm. back of the head, one bullet. Yeah. But friends and family couldn't fathom who would want to hurt Kendra. she sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. She was kind to everyone, always had a smile on her face. Yeah. Always was, like, helping out. Yeah. Helping people that didn't have money. Just a nice Just a nice, person. caring person. Yeah. So detectives really didn't have much to go on as far as physical evidence, but they had that video of the black Jeep in the garage. Yeah. So they blasted pictures of the Jeep all over the news. They didn't see, like, who was driving. It's hard to see. Yeah. Like, you just kind of, it's kind of like a top view. They're always the worst There's pictures. There's glare on all the it's windows. It's like, why even have the camera yeah. unless you you're actually what getting real? Of, I mean, yeah. But you couldn't get the license plate? Not really. See? It's 2015. Like, get your <laughs> get cameras in together. order. Um, they have cameras the size of, like, a <laughs> pin head or whatever yeah uh, fucking get it together put it everywhere yeah plus people are paying like a shit ton for those luxury apartments how hard is it to get like one decent camera i mean granted maybe they did have a more decent camera i just saw one image from it and it was from the top Mm -hmm. but um a man named jose recognized the jeep as his own jeep oh and he had lent this jeep to brenda that day when she had shown up to his shop with a BMW that wasn't working, so he said that she could borrow his car while he fixed hers. Oh. So immediately, he called Brenda and was like, dude, what the fuck? Was there something unique about it? That's why I think that there must have been other angles okay. or something, because, I mean... Because a black Jeep. I don't know. Unless you just, like, know your car. I guess. I don't know. I don't that, know. There must have been something that led something. to him to know that yeah. it was his car. Yeah. And Brenda tells him that she loaned her she loaned his car to her friend Crystal. You don't do that. <laughs> you don't loan out a loaned car. <laughs> well, she did. No, that's fucked. And she said that Crystal had the Jeep for the entire day and that she also thought that Crystal might have a drug problem. <laughs> of course. And that she was probably in the garage doing some kind of drug deal that must have gone wrong. Of course. So loan your friend's Jeep to your someone has doing a drug, a drug problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not only she's like, okay, I know you have this drug problem. I'm going to loan you someone else's car. Mm-hmm. Just don't like, you know, sell it or <laughs> yeah, trade it in for it. parts yeah, exactly. or like destroy it or whatever, <laughs> crash it while driving high, but. You know, I trust you mm-hmm. to have it the whole day. Mm-hmm. You're good. God. Brenda sounds like an awful friend. <laughs> well, uh, you know, <laughs> she's always there for you to take you to car shops. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jose told her that he was nervous about driving his Jeep around town, knowing it was being yeah. looked for. And she told him that maybe he should paint it a different color. And that he should probably not tell anyone that they had this discussion. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> and so he's like, mm. Oh, that sounds sketchy. Uh. 
So he talked it over with his family just to be like, is this sketchy? She's like, just paint it a different color. Yeah, yeah it'll be fine. Problem solved. My Done. friend Crystal probably did a sketchy drug deal. Just paint at it. At a luxury apartment looking. parking yeah. garage. They'll stop looking for you. All you have to do is paint your car. Mm-hmm. Believable. <laughs> Problem solved. Brenda's so, a real thinker. Jose decided to do the right thing and he called the detective in charge of the case Good. and told him about Brenda and Crystal borrowing his Jeep. Well, it's so suspicious. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. No, no one in the story. None of these people are smart. Okay. Anyway, Detective Barnes contacted Ricky again to see what he thought about Brenda being involved. Yeah. But he said he couldn't imagine her being involved because she was like so sweet, like such a kind person. Her whole family was like, that is not Brenda. She is like an angel. She's like amazing, would help anyone. She's not Well, like, clearly she's loaning out a car that she yeah, just borrowed see? for someone to do a drug deal. Well, maybe she needed those drugs. She's helping. <laughs> so they like couldn't even fathom that they were like, she couldn't even hurt a fly. She is like just a sweet girl. I mean... From what little I know about her, her claiming to have loaned a car that was loaned to her, I don't think she's such a great person, but that's just me and my car issues. So Brenda Delgado was born in central Mexico, but soon was moved to Texas with her parents when they decided that they wanted to give their five children a chance at a better life. Yeah, of course. Her, Her father, Luis, had a job in construction and her mother worked at the post office and she also cleaned houses. And wow. Brenda was the only girl of her five siblings. Wow. And she was an excellent student who worked super hard in and out of school. Like all through high school, she had jobs. She worked in a floral shop and was a waitress. After graduating high school, she couldn't afford to go to medical school, which is what she wanted to do. Oh. So she instead got a job as a dental assistant. Oh. And then she and she also was doing like a second job, white, whitening teeth at a day spa. Wow. And she enjoyed hanging out with her friends and going to trendy restaurants. And like I said, everyone like loved her. She was sweet. She was fun. Not a mean bone in her body. Um, but she was like apparently picky with people that she would go on dates with, which is not a bad thing. No, you should all be <laughs> you picky. Be picky. <laughs> but she was also a little weird. Like on one date, she brought one of her brothers with her. As, like, muscle? (laughs) I don't know. Like, check this person out. And on another date, she brought, like, a friend. Which I'm like, don't bring people on your date. I mean, if you're like, hey, let's have, like, a mutual hangout. Sure. I'm going to bring some friends. You You bring bring some friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, like, hit it off, whatever. If not, we'll just, like, go our separate ways. But not like, hey, you want to go to dinner? Sure. And then you you show show up up with your brother. And there are two people (laughs) there. so awkward. What would you do? I would leave. (laughs) Like, I would think it's like a setup or something. Like, fuck yeah, you. I'm not I don't trying know to what I would do. Get jumped by two people. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, I'd be so, like, hey, is, uh, is your brother going to stay the whole time? What's just dropping you off? Thing? Yeah. Do you need just, his assistance? Is there something? Are you borrowing you to... his car? <laughs> yeah. Does he have a Jeep I could borrow after this date? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she eventually met Ricky on the dating app. Did she bring someone along on that date? I don't think so. Do you think it was like, like a anxiety thing? Could be. She just wanted them to check it out she or something. She just wanted someone but, to be there that she felt comfortable around. But it just, it seemed like. I mean, it seems weird. They didn't just like come and check it out and make sure it was legit like and laughed. Out. They like went on the date with her. 
I mean, I feel like if you're suspicious of someone, you're going to go on a date Don't with. go on like, a date. Yeah, just don't just go on the date, it. maybe. <laughs> That's just us. Yeah, well. So when they met, Ricky was finalizing a divorce from a marriage that he had when he was in California um, before he moved to Texas to do his residency. Okay. He had just gotten back into the dating game when he met Brenda. And Ricky related to Brenda because they both came from humble backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Ricky had grown up in a double-wide trailer in Northern California, and he was attracted to Brenda's drive to make a better life for herself. Sure. Yeah. And after about three months of dating, Brenda was evicted from her apartment. I guess she was, like, living with some friends or something. Mm -hmm. It was kind of supposed to be, like, a short-term thing. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, we want our house back. Get the fuck out, bitch. Yeah. Well, so I don't know who's, you know, whatever, but she needed a place to stay. Uh-huh. It, only been, it had only been three months since they've been dating. See, I feel like that's kind of like a setup. Uh, yeah. Like, did they really kick her out? If they did really kick her out, like, why didn't she have somewhere lined up? Why didn't she move in with, like, a family member or a friend that went on a date with her? Like, maybe they <laughs> could sponsor a place sponsor. to live for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But she was like hey, Ricky, I'm getting kicked out. And he was like, oh, you should totally just move in with me. It's fine. Like, I think this is going places. Yeah, I'm a little suspicious. Super in love. But okay. So Brenda was like, oh my God, we're so in love. And she was super excited to take him to meet her parents. And one, one, the first time that he met them, he like made attempts to speak Spanish with her parents. And he's like trying to be like a good, you know, boyfriend. And her family really liked him and everyone was super stoked. Um, on his birthday, she left a Facebook message on his page Ugh. that said, Happy birthday to the most amazing and smartest man I know. Ricky, together we have shared so much happiness. You are my best friend. I love you with all my heart, and I can't imagine life without you. <laughs> Seemingly innocent. Until mm. now. Well, as someone who doesn't really know how to use social media so much mm-hmm. whenever i see things like that it makes me think like something's wrong in your relation like something's not going on that you have to post it to the world yeah to see. i don't know i also think it's like people post everything nowadays well they so do like... but then that makes me be, just because like we've been taught basically that everything's so phony like yeah. whenever people put things like oh you make me like the happiest like i just feel like they're really fighting in real life and like, like all the time look everyone we're happy yeah we're fine we're like doing great it could be yeah social media is really toxic you can't, yeah well anyway two months after she moved in she's pregnant but they decided that it would be best to have an abortion since they were both establishing their lives. And, you know, he was still doing his residency and she wow. was like, and she, she acted like it was fine. Uh-oh. But like, she, I guess like she journaled a little bit about how it was really hard. No, I mean, yeah, it's traumatic course. for anyone to have to go through yeah, that, even if you wanted it. really hard thing, So for sure. So it doesn't mean anything that like, you know, whatever. Right. But, um. Man, but, this relationship, yeah, like five months but, long, yeah. it's like crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But she vowed that one day that they would have children together. And life kind of moved on. But and she in, vowed. She okay. was like, one day you will have my children. Oh, yeah. she flipped it on him. Yes. Yeah. That's right. You pumped the kids you out. Well, I'm not going to go through that shit. And in 2013, she enrolled in a dental hygiene school at Sanford Brown. And um, so there had been like about 20 students in her class. 
And one classmate remembered the first day of school, you know, like when everyone like icebreakers, you're introducing yourself. And it's like, my name is Craig. I did drugs once. I I am am a Spartan. Spartan, So so check check me me out. out. (laughs) You know, like that. Like that. Like that. So then they tell each other about themselves and introduce themselves, whatever. And one classmate said that they remembered it was weird because everyone else was talking about themselves and like a little bit like about their family. Uh-oh. But Brenda she mostly just about talked Ricky? about Ricky. That's, but it, yeah, basically all she talked about was oh. Ricky. Man, I hate icebreakers. Like, say something interesting about yourself. I'm like, there's nothing interesting about me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't like being on the spot like that No, either. it's so uncomfortable. And then you come up with something and someone else says it and then you're like, I can't sound like I'm or copying Or the whole time you. everyone else is saying things, you're paying attention to like what you're going to say. So it's like, I don't, even, I don't, I don't know, even know any of these people no. now any better than I did before. <laughs> no. And now I'm nervous around them. So thanks a lot. <laughs> and now they're all staring at me. Oh God, it's my turn. <laughs> Fuck, what was I going to say? <laughs> so. Yeah, that is, that is weird. They're like, okay. And she's like, and Ricky, and he's like in residency, and he's gonna be a doctor, and he's like so smart, and he's so cute, and we live together, and like, Ricky. Yeah. And, you know, but don't worry, because soon, she was given a promise ring, which I'm like... Aren't they adults? That is exactly what I was wondering, because like, I'm like, is this like a South thing, like a Southern thing, where it's like, pre-engaged? Because to me, a promise ring is something that like, is a high school Yeah. Even thing. then, it's, like, dumb. It's <laughs> dumb, but it's, like, well, we're obviously too young to, like, be married and get engaged, so this will be my promise to you. I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't... I mean, you're either, like, engaged or you're not. Like, pre-engaged is dating. I mean, okay, I, I just... I don't understand I don't any of it. it because I don't understand marriage or why everyone wants it, and it doesn't make any sense to me, and it seems like a very archaic, weird tradition... That benefits nobody, but I'm just a pessimist, so anyway. She got her promise ring, so we can get excited about that. Yeah, I don't. That's weird to me, for sure. <laughs> so she's How like, old are they? Like 20s? They're like in their 30s, like early 30s. Yeah. Like late 20s, early 30s? Yeah. Really early 30s. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Too late so, for a promise ring. What kind of makes me, like that kind of makes me think, and this is like purely speculation completely, is that... Clearly, she's super into this relationship. Yes. I don't know how into it he is. But for me, it feels like maybe she seems a little manipulative and like a little dramatic. And maybe her like maybe she's just like super insecure about their relationship for so then to like appease her. He's like, well, I'm not like I'm not well, getting married to you. Because but... he literally just got out of a, a marriage. Yeah. He's just ended a divorce. And I think like maybe like you said, he didn't want to like promise marriage right away but he'll right. promise a promise for marriage right she's so like to appease her yeah. and make her feel more secure in the relationship because he's like it, then... he was like into her he liked their relationship but it's so new right. and everything is going so fast and he doesn't he just got out of a, a marriage well i feel like when someone's that into you you start to be like okay this is a little much <laughs> i mean <laughs> or you're like that's right i'm amazing <laughs> i guess so Okay, so they made a trip down to Mexico to visit her relatives so she could introduce her future, future husband to them. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And they all, you know, liked him and he had a great time, whatever. Sure. And then they came back and she was continuing to go to school and on her days off, she worked as a dental assistant to help pay for their new two-bedroom apartment. Wow. And she also arranged for her mom to come and clean the apartment periodically because her mom was doing her cleaning business. To help her out. That's nice. 
And, um, but one day in 2014, Brenda showed up to class crying. Uh oh. She said that Ricky had broken up with her and asked her to move out of their apartment. Ooh. It's not clear what caused them to break up, but uh-huh. whatever the case. Well, based on their Facebook messages, they had the perfect relationship. Yeah, so, so obviously. This is what was happening. Yeah, so she's destroyed. Obviously, she <laughs> yeah. doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Her grades start to fail yeah. or fall, and she like withdrew from school for like a few weeks. I mean, you might need to do some healing. Yeah, it sounds pretty if it intense. Especially finds somewhere to live now. Yeah, which I don't get that because it either. seemed like in, one, in the article it was like she was working to help him pay for the apartment for for a new apartment. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, so was his name just on the lease? Was it just his apartment? Right. Why was she helping him? Why wasn't it they were paying together? Yeah, since, there are so many questions. Since they were promise promised. <laughs> right. But I don't know. I mean, it may it may have been the thing, like, yeah, like, maybe he got the apartment, and then he's like, if you want to pitch in on rent or whatever, since you're living here, and then she just, like, worked to, like, pitch in, or And she was going whatever. to school still, and he was doing his residency, so I'm yeah. sure, like, I don't know, but whatever the case. Or maybe, on, like, some level, he knew that he was going to break up with her, so he's like, I'll just put my name I'll on, the on the lease, so you yeah. don't, you're not responsible. <laughs> Yeah, well, like that whole commitment thing, like the promise yeah. ring thing, where it's like, I just, I don't know how long his marriage was previously, but it's mm-hmm. like, I just got out of a marriage. Yeah. Like, I think things are going well with us, but we're now living together. Well, and also, if he's doing a residency, he's like never home right. anyway. So it's like, are we really good? Like, I don't know. Yeah, because you never see someone see you ten, anyway. 10 times, 10 minutes a day. Yeah. It's great. And you're like exhausted, and so who knows? Yeah. And then, yeah, it just seems like maybe he, he's like, he's been putting a little distance throughout the relationship. Probably as like a protection because, yeah, divorce and yeah. that could really scar you yeah. and all that. And he's like getting a new start, you know, doing his Texas right. doctor thing. And, and like you said, residency, like you're gone all the time. Yeah. So like, it's probably nice to come home to someone. But you probably don't want to like, jump in like to a new relationship like that when... You gotta right. wait till after you've like finished school, and then you can actually meet people who maybe are on the same. But at the same time, if you have know. someone that's like, I mean, I'm not saying this is like better, but if you have someone that's like, you know, you're gone all day, you have someone that's like super committed to you and is like home when you're home and like cooks you meals and hangs out with you and is like yeah. super devoted to you, and it's like easy, it's like easy mode where you don't have to like seek yeah, out. But that I mean, I don't like think it's so much. I think that's yes, I agree. It's suffocating, <laughs> but I'm trying to like see it from his perspective, where like if yeah. you're married and you're used to having someone around and home and then you well and who knows what the relationship was like exactly you don't know what either relationship was right so ricky seemed to be moving on and he even signed up for a salsa dance class i just yeah i just feel like it's too much to like move to a new place like start a new school and then get into a relationship immediately and the person's like ready to like marry you and you're just like I don't even know anyone here like I'm in school all the time like I need yeah. to explore this area I'm like and just one of like the first in. people that you match with yeah. on an app you you start dating immediately Yeah I get it I would I would feel the same where I'm just like this is moving like this is too much all at once Yeah so so he's like you know trying to meet people so he he joined us Do you know how long they did date for It must have been like 6 months yeah okay something like that yeah not ready for marriage and shit 
I mean, and it could be like, okay, well, I see that she's like super serious about this. I'm not. I better end it now before we go way too far into it. And you know, her moving her brother in to like go on all our dates with them. That's got to be kind of weird too. <laughs> Little weird. Okay. So yeah. So he's make, trying to make friends. He signs up for a salsa dance class. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever salsa danced, but in this class, there'd be like, Men on one side, women on the other, and then they would like partner up, and then yeah. periodically you switch partners. Yeah. And by the time class is over, you've danced I've with seen everyone. I've it on TV. Okay. I know how yeah. that works. I mean, we don't go to luxury places. We don't salsa. We're not that high class. I am not that coordinated either. So. <laughs> and um, well, one day Uh-oh. he's at class, and guess who's also no. in class? Is she stalking him? Brenda. Oh, Brenda. Brenda. That's not a way to get him back. Well, something about the sexy salsa dancing reignited sparks. Oh, was it oh. a way to get him back? And where did I just stop reading? And ah. got all wrapped up in the salsa. <laughs> I did. And they decided to give their relationship another try. I just feel like that doesn't usually work <laughs> well he's like it's a sign she signed up for the same class we danced I together just, there was like a reason the you salsa broke up. is very sensual i just don't know how much has spicy. changed spicy you ever had salsa it's spicy i assume dancing like salsa is spicy for sure salsa yeah. dancing is very spicy so at this point brenda lived in a one-bedroom apartment and this article kept saying that it was behind the target so she was in a one-bedroom apartment behind Target. Okay. Okay, just in case. So you yeah. know that she could do all her shopping <laughs> carefree. You know that she loves Target. You know, all her broken-down cars she doesn't need because she could just walk to Target. Yeah, for sure. She could just park them in the Target parking lot and just walk on over. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And Ricky is still at, at his place that they Does have that shared. Does that mean something? What? If your apartment's behind the Target? I don't think so. Okay. I think... There's lots of apartments behind every I Target. I don't know. I know, but maybe they were trying to say something. Mm, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't understand the uh, the puzzle that they laid before me. So behind the Target. <laughs> don't think about it. <laughs> um, you know, he didn't ask her to move back in, but he did help pay for some of her expenses, including adding her on his cell phone plan. So that's kind of a promise ring right there. That is literally <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> they were dating for a few more months. And once again, things looked like they were headed towards marriage or the promise, promise of a promise, promise. Okay, Brenda. Oh, Brenda. I don't know. But I don't know what was going on in Ricky's head or what was actually happening behind closed doors because in February of 2015, Ricky once again broke up with Brenda. I mean, he broke up with her for a reason initially. Like I said, I don't think things had changed. It's that sexy salsa. (laughs) Oh, man. So, but it seemed like their relationship turned like to a platonic friendship. On his end. I guess so. Uh (laughs) You don't go from being that obsessed with someone to just being like, oh, yeah, I'm totally cool being friends. Totally cool. Well, yeah, I mean, he said that. You know, he liked to go running during the day, uh, and um, about once a week he would end up running into Brenda, and she would about be out for a run too, and they'd run into each other. Stalker. And then one day he was leaving a restaurant with a date, 
and Brenda was coming into the restaurant at the same time. And Where like, are there they were all in these kind of like a city? Dallas. So that's a very big city. Yeah. Uh huh. And he kept like that. Just kept happening. Like they're. Yeah, because she's stalking him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you see, Brenda was upset about the breakup and was getting obsessive, obviously. Yeah. And she had Ricky's email and iCloud passwords. Nope. So she was using them Change to spy on him. that shit. She also had a key to his apartment still. And she downloaded an app on his phone so she could track where he was. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I just feel like if you're ever downloading a tracking app for, like, an ex or whatever, just You've stop gone yourself. too far. <laughs> You've gone way too far. Just stop. Look in the mirror and say, I need therapy. <laughs> This has gone what way have too I far. Become? <laughs> it's too much. It's just way too much. Good advice. Thank you. <laughs> um, no one's worth it, you know? <laughs> no one's worth that shit. And you're not going to get them back no. by stalking. I mean, salsa. Salsa, maybe. Dancing. Okay, temporary. That was like a band aid <laughs> for the broken leg. Well, I think that the problem was that the class ended. You got to keep find like a year round class. It's just a permanent thing, and you go all the time. Here's what you do: you make your own class. Oh, and just just you and him hire a teacher <laughs> oh. and be like, oh, that's so weird that we're both in this class. Like, make some flyers and slip them in his mailbox. You know, <gasps> that's genius. Yeah, and be like, oh, that's so crazy. This class is five days a week. How weird. Oh. Yeah. And then extracurriculars on Saturday and Sunday. You're really thinking. We have to like go eat salsa when we're not salsa dancing. Like a stalker entrepreneur. Yeah. Stalkapreneur. Stalkapreneur. (laughs) Sounds smelly. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) she's tracking his whereabouts at all times. And she would also take screenshots of conversations that he would have with women that he was dating. Uh Uh-uh. And in May of 2015 is when Kendra entered the picture. Brenda was starting to fall apart. So this whole time he's thinking, oh, we're just really good friends. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. happened to run into each other occasionally. Yeah, because during this time, like, she's driven in places, helped him out. Like, oh, my God. Whatever, whatever he needs, she'll be there for him. But, like... Yeah, that's a red flag. <laughs> he's, like, like, their best friend. Yeah, but if you're even your best friend, you call them up and you're like, hey, I need you to do this thing. And they're like, I'm busy today. I can't do it. But I feel like she would always probably say, yeah. Yeah. I feel would. like that's a red yeah. flag. Boundaries. Well, I mean, by this time, she had devoted almost three years of her life to him. Fuck. Of stalking? Dating and Okay, stalking. dating was not nearly that amount of time. Well, I, may, I might have okay. not calculated it right. Okay. Maybe they dated for like a year and a half, maybe a year. Even like if that. it's a year or year and a half, that's more stalking yeah. than dating. So. Yeah. Well, it's just running into a casual acquaintance. No. no, when you have the tracker app, I'm telling you, you've gone too far. Well, she kept thinking and that. And the screenshots. Oh, God, it's such an invasion. Okay. She kept thinking that like he would see his mistake and return to her. So she was just patiently biding her time and just checking in and. And doing looking at everything, <laughs> looking at all the things that he was doing, and waiting and waiting. The other part of this is like, you just when you do that shit, you just make yourself crazier and crazier. Yeah. There's no way that you're gonna be able to like have a normal relationship with that person. No. <laughs> ever. No. No. You've already gone off the deep end. 
well, Brenda was like, who's this Kendra bitch? And she was like, I'm going to look her up. And she typed her name into Facebook, and Kendra's account was open. So all could, everyone could view it. So it was mm-hmm. public. Mm-hmm. Brenda looked at every picture and read through every post. Through the account, she learned that Ricky and Kendra had gone to California and to some fancy resort in Austin. They'd been, like, on vacations and stuff. Mm-hmm. and Ricky had only gone to Mexico with her that one time to meet her family, but he didn't take her on any luxury vacations. Uh -uh. Mm Mm-hmm. She took screenshots of Kendra's Facebook page. Well, except for by this time, he's, like, out of school, right? He's, like, a doctor now. I would assume. The time they were dating, he was, like, I think it was, like, three to four years. So probably, yeah. So he didn't have time to, like, take her places. She specifically screenshot a picture of Kendra and Ricky where Kendra was wearing a shirt that said, I'm with Dreamy. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, Kendra. I'm, yeah, I mean, if you really I mean, felt that way, that's fine. That's fine. And but, could be adorable. But whoever made that shirt, bad choices. Yeah. yeah. So, Brenda. It's like you could put anything on a shirt and people would buy it. That's very true. <laughs> very true <gasps> i've seen some of the like words on shirts and mm-hmm. i'm just like that is so who is buying that and people are they are mm-hmm. they're buying it up they're like i love that word mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. or things that like are like whatever whatever and like wine or like wine whatever whatever and you're like you're just like walk around like you're an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> calm down yeah calm down don't announce it keep it to yourself <laughs> whatever happened to like the silent alcohol yeah be like a Stealth. You gotta, yeah, like, like, you know... Pretend, yeah. You're not a real wine drinker until you're... You've got a bottle in your peg leg. And yeah. you're, like, sneaking sips behind the y- gas yeah. pump. Yeah, until you have a <laughs> peg leg, you're not a... <laughs> you're not a real wine <laughs> It's true. I mean, you gotta have, like, the stealth and, like... Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. That was a weird tangent. Wow. <laughs> So, naturally, Brenda made attempts to get over Ricky, but they never worked. Uh, Yeah, because you're screenshotting a bunch of his shit and, like, stalking him. So how are you going to get over him? Well, she tried to go on dates. She went on a date with this guy named Roberto, and he said that the entire dinner she talked about Ricky and Kendra. Yeah. And then after dinner, she told him that she wanted to go visit a friend. So he drove her to Gables Park 17 and they sat in the car the whole time and she just looked out the window looking like she was looking for someone. Oh my god. <laughs> I just don't think that's trying to get over someone. Making nope. the person you're on a date yeah. like, drive you to their house so you can catch a glimpse of them maybe. No. Then on another night she went on a date with... Or no, it wasn't a date. It was like a dinner. She went to dinner with a, an old high school friend named Milton. And he said that the entire time... All she talked about were Ricky and Kendra. And at one point, she asked him if he knew someone who could hurt someone. And he told her, whatever you're thinking, drop it. Yeah. (laughs) But she couldn't. So one night, she went to get drinks with her cousin, Moses. Oh, Moses. And he said, let my people go. Yeah. But what he... What he later told police was that he's, he said that she brought along a metal baseball bat <gasps> and she told him that she would either buy him a new car or pay for his child support if he would just take the bat and go scare Kendra. 
And she is so delusional. He turned her down and he yeah. assumed that she was just like depressed and drunk because like she, she brought a bat. She brought a bat. No, that's <laughs> not. An, oh, and she's just having a hard time. Also, they've been broken up for like years at this point. Yeah, that's not like a oh, that's like a call someone. <laughs> Have her 5150. Like, get this woman help. Get that bat away from her. Yes. <laughs> Take the bat and, like, weapons away. Well, Moses was just like, calm down. We're not doing anything. Like, no. Yeah, maybe you're, you're not drunk. Moses. You're drunk. Then Brenda decided if... Or, sorry. Then Brenda decided to help out a friend of hers named Jennifer, who was in a rough spot. I guess, like, her and her boyfriend were going through a a tiff or something Uh she needed a place to stay so brenda was like come move in with me it's cool jennifer help you out but then jennifer says as soon as she moved in brenda would obsessively talk about ricky and kendra into her one room apartment yeah yeah that's too much and that brenda offered like in what context just telling that like updating people on what they're doing and like maybe i just just like telling how she's slighted and how this woman stole her man and I don't know, and showing all, I have no idea, but it was excessive. Well, and it just feels like someone should have warned Ricky. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, I mean, all these people are, like, not his friends. I don't know. I understand that, but, like, the cousin, like, I'm pretty sure the cousin would have met him if he's going to, like, family stuff and whatever. Maybe. I just feel like just reach out and be like, hey, just so you know, Brenda brought a bat to dinner and wants to threaten your girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But also, when you're, like, family and you're, like, maybe they're just... Okay, have her committed. uh, Yeah, I don't know. You can make excuses, you know? I just feel like if, if, like, we, like, met for drinks one day and we brought a metal (laughs) bat and you were, like, hey, I will will get you a car. Or pay your child support. Or pay my child support. (laughs) uh, if you scare someone, I'd be like, well, you're scaring me right now. And, uh, just excuse me really quick while I go to the bathroom and call for help. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I love mean, you, you, but. You would like to think in. That's like not acceptable. You would like to think that most people's brains would do that, but it's, it's hard. You, it's like, it's easy to make excuses. Yes, but it's been years. Yeah. I don't know. So Jennifer said that. Brenda spent so much time talking about them that she would find excuses not to be at the apartment. Yeah. And she would stay out late after work and just like slip in to sleep and then yeah, go to work again. Yeah, that's the most uncomfortable place to be. Uh-huh. And then Brenda offered Jennifer drugs or a car if she would help her get revenge. And she told <sighs> Jennifer that she wanted to use the metal baseball bat to knock Ricky into a coma. And then she wanted to kill Kendra by grabbing her from behind and stabbing her in the chest with a drug with a drug-filled hypodermic needle or by beating her to death. So she feels like she's capable of hitting someone in just the right spot mm-hmm. to put them into a coma. A co- you hit the coma button. That's you see right. it in cartoons. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then and then she's going to inject this woman with something. Yeah, or just beat her to death. Or beat her to death. Yeah. Okay, that's when you take away the bat. Uh-huh. And you call someone. Yeah, Jennifer was like, I'm good. And then she got the fuck out of that apartment. (sighs) 
Well, Brenda was still determined to find someone to help her. Exact I mean, I'm not revenge. trying to like blame these other people because, no. yeah, what would you do in that situation? But at the same time, it's like there's so many opportunities to have stopped her. But then also, what do you do? Like, if you call the cops on her and they show up and she acts like nothing happened, like there's no evidence that she did anything. All that can be a, do is like, you know, calm your shit. <sighs> Well, or if you call like if you can find a way to get her committed but that's hard because a lot of a lot of places you have to have the permission to, to help not help. if you get them 5150 but they have to be like i just feel like you have bringing to like prove a bat that they're a threat to themselves or yeah, someone but like else. bringing a bat to a restaurant i just feel like that's kind of like <laughs> maybe it was a sports restaurant i i i don't know i don't know and then like with her like screenshotting shit and all that like i don't think it would have been that hard to prove that she's like uh, but you harmful to someone else. But you can't. You would have to get a warrant to look at her phone. And yeah. Have have just well, a- see, the bat would have been a great opportunity <laughs> to be like, "Look, this bitch brought a bat into a place, <laughs> and it's threatening people. So if we could just mm-hmm. have her committed for like, you know, a hold until we figure out what's wrong with her." I don't know. I don't well, know how that would work. This is tragic. Yeah. Okay. So. um Brenda somehow got the contact information for one of Jennifer's friends, Crystal Cortez, who had visited Brenda's apartment previously to like hang out with Jennifer mm-hmm. and take her son to the complex pool. Sure. Crystal lived with her son at her grandmother's house and was struggling financially. She worked as a receptionist at a dental practice, but was really like not making any money. It was like 10 bucks an hour mm. at a dental practice and she had a son and she was yeah. a single mom. Yeah. And she said that um, when she went over to Brenda's apartment, Brenda seemed like she had it all together and like she was, she kind of looked up to her. She was like, oh, like this. But she didn't woman. go into a room where it was like plastered with like pictures. <laughs> nope. I don't think she saw <laughs> like that part. Psycho status. Not that part, but she okay. was like, it, she was like, oh, she wore Mac makeup and she drove oh. like a, an, a used Lexus or something. Right. So she was like, she looks like she's doing good. Right. And. You know, she had, she's at an apartment complex by herself with yeah. like a pool and it's nice. And she, she kind of looked up to her and she was a little bit older. Maybe I think she was like 10 years older than Crystal. Okay. So when Brenda, uh, so Brenda like started talking to Crystal and she took her out to dinners and was kind of just like, you know, being friends with her uh-huh. and then telling her all about Ricky and Kendra. <laughs> she's like, finally, someone else to talk to. Let me tell you about these people. <laughs> just latches on and tells them. Oh, God. Crystal recalled um, that she said, she said that Kendra was the reason that Ricky had stopped paying her attention and wasn't taking care of her. She said, I'm going to eliminate Kendra. I can't deal with it anymore. And then Brenda offered $500 to help her kill Kendra. I know. 500 I know. She, uh, she was super broke and she needed help to support her son. And so she agreed. I just and, feel like that was a low blow for Brenda going from like, a you know, car? a car yeah. or child support <laughs> to being like, I'll give you 500 bucks. Yeah. Just rude. Yeah. She took it and she later, oh. she took a selfie of the $500 that she was paid oh. and turned the cash into a heart shape in her hands. Oh. For a few days, Brenda and Crystal followed Kendra all around Dallas. Brenda even bought night vision binoculars to watch her at night. Okay, those couldn't have been cheap. (laughs) I feel like if I saw someone buying those, they'd be like, you could pay me more than $500. (laughs) 
Let's be real. I'll take those after the, uh, the crime. <laughs> after all this, uh, or after all this recon, they decided the best way to kill her would be with a gun. But neither of them had a gun, nor knew anything about guns, really. Yeah. And so they were like, you know what we need? Gun lessons? A hitman. Ah, well, that's going to cost you a lot more than $500. Well, the thing is, they didn't know any hitmen. Right. right. Who knows a hitman? So they went to Crystal's neighborhood, which was like the poorer area of town. Uh-huh. And they literally drove around asking people walking down the street if they wanted to make money okay to hurt someone oh my god and they were kind of like striking out left and right i feel like this is one of those opportunities (laughs) to like pull them over and be like what's going on here (laughs) well at one point they stopped at crystal's mom's house and uh and a former neighbor had was like hanging out his name was christopher love and he was there with his kids because she had like a trampoline in the backyard so Uh kids were on the trampoline Christopher Love was hanging out with the mom. And then, um, and so he had been like a small time pot dealer with a criminal history of like aggravated assault and robbery. Okay. And he was kind of looking to make some cash quickly because he really wanted to start up his business venture of a prostitution ring. So he was like, I got to get some cash money up front to start this. That's admirable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So Brenda and Christopher and Crystal chatted and Brenda told him that she had ties to the drug cartel and that she wanted to hire him to join their murder for hire team and that she could get him a combination of drugs and cash totaling around $3,000. That's still not enough money. (laughs) Not that it would ever be enough like for me to kill someone, but But like objectively, not even close. But he was like, yep, sounds good. So Brenda asked if he could get a gun, and he was like, "You mean like this?" And he pulled out uh-huh, forty course. caliber pistol. Sure. And they were like, "Yeah, that's great." I mean, I think that's a gun. Sure. <laughs> it looks gun shaped. <laughs> oh yeah, and like during this whole, you know, whatever her obsession, she she graduated her program. So congratulations. Oh, good yeah, job, she, Brenda. She did it. She, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, man, she's got like a lot going on. Yeah. So during all the plotting and scheming going on, Ricky and Kendra had been together for about three months, but things were getting more serious. There was talk of marriage and taking lots of trips together and like, you know, planning for the future. Mm-hmm. And Ricky, oh, at, at one point, Ricky emailed or texted Brenda to wish her luck on her final exam. And he also informed her that he would be removing her from his cell phone plan. Ooh. And he said that he was also offered a job right outside of Sacramento, California. Ooh. And that he would be moving there very shortly. Ooh. He also asked her if she knew anyone that wanted to buy some furniture because he was, you know, looking to unload the house before they moved. Yikes. Also, I wonder where. Outside of SAC. I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably Davis, doctor. Oh, yeah, could be. Um, but, like, you know, we don't know that Kendra was planning on going with him. It seemed like it. She obviously assumed that Kendra was going to go with him. Well, did he give her a promise ring? Well, we don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure she screenshotted that. Um, and so, you know, once she found out they were moving, it was kind of now or never. 
What is she thinking is going to happen? Well, she's got to eliminate Kendra so she can get Ricky. And then put Ricky in a coma <laughs> and then take care of him. And, and then yes, when he wakes up from his coma, be like, I I've, took care of you. I've been here you. the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Just like a soap opera. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh. God, she's crazy. <laughs> okay. So the day before Ricky and Kendra were supposed to jet off to Cancun. What? Okay. No, go ahead. Um, Brenda borrowed a friend's BMW for this Crystal to drive. This is why you can't drive. post everything on social media. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. You shouldn't, yeah. That morning, there was an issue with the accelerator in the BMW, so Brenda and Crystal took it to Jose's shop, and then that's when he was like, you can borrow my Jeep for the day, because uh-huh. obviously your car's having trouble, and I'm a know. nice guy. <laughs> Shit. Crystal dropped Brenda off at the library where she was to meet some classmates to study for the state's dental hygiene certification exam. She planned all this to happen simultaneously with her final and studying and shit. She needed an alibi. Or her like exam or whatever. Yeah. She's a hard worker. Well, and also if she gets her dental hygienist certification in Texas, she'd probably have to take the test all over again in California. She would. I'm sure. Mm, she's not trying to leave. Brenda was in a, you know, at the library, and then Crystal picked up Christopher, <sighs> and they went and they parked outside of Kendra's job, and they just watched her car. This makes me so sad. And they sat watching for most of the day, but around two thirty, Crystal was like, "Crap, I gotta go pick up my kid from school," so she dropped off Christopher at his house. Went, picked up her son at school. They went to like some fast food place. Mm-hmm. She got her son some early dinner. Mm-hmm. Dropped him off at the grandma's house. Went back and picked up Christopher. And then they went back to her her work. Okay. And they watched her car. Uh-huh. And then finally Kendra came out of her work I just place. feel like as a dentist, you probably have like hours on the door. You know, for how late you're <laughs> you open. You would assume. Okay. I don't know why you're sitting there all day. I don't know. Plan ahead. You know, I do don't... some recon. They did a bunch of recon, but it don't <laughs> seem that like it made much of a difference. Uh, um. So. Well, now that I know more about like where Crystal fits in, Brenda's a real bitch for selling her out like immediately. Uh huh. <sighs> so Kendra left work, and they followed her. And um, she stopped at a friend's house because she was going to borrow, like, a waterproof camera because they were going snorkeling in Cancun. And then Crystal and Christopher lost her in traffic. So they were like, well, (laughs) we'll just go to her apartment complex because that's where she's going to end up. So they, like, pulled into the parking garage and they just waited. And then eventually Kendra pulled in. And then she parked in a spot and Christopher got out of the Jeep and he walked up towards where she was parked. She stepped out of the car and then he shot her in the back of the head. This is so awful. She's like all excited about going on this trip. Yeah. With this dude. Oh, God. And then like during that time she screamed somehow. I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe it was just like a reaction of the body or something. Cause I don't know how you're shot in the head. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I've never been shot in the head, so I don't know. Well, it could have been, are we, do you know for sure that it, he shot first and then she screamed? Well, cause from what it seemed like. She stepped out of her car with her back to him. He just came up and shot her in the back of the head and she screamed. Okay. Well, depending on where it hits, yeah, you could probably feel like pain or something. And Yeah. Ugh, it's horrible. 
I'm just wondering if maybe like she got out and saw him and then he was like turn around or something and she like screamed and then he shot her or could be I guess we don't really need to know what happened yeah. that's just so awful yeah yeah poor Kendra she was murdered and then he grabbed her coach purse and jumped in the jeep and they peeled out of there and then someone called 911 and that's when the police came to the mm-hmm. garage and then at this point Brenda was at Chili's with Jose mm. <laughs> Like, a, I guess, like, a classmate dropped her off from the library, or drove her from the library to uh-huh. Chili's. Her and Jose were, like, hanging out, and then they didn't get back to Jose's until 9 p.m., and once they got back to his house, she called Crystal to confirm that the task had been handled, uh-huh. and then asked if Crystal could drive the Jeep back to Jose's so that he could have his car back, and the BMW is now working so they can return uh-huh. to their place, whatever. So, Detective Barnes put most of the information together from people talking to him. Yeah, because it wasn't that hard. <laughs> and yeah, everyone's an idiot. So, he had Brenda picked up and taken to an interrogation room, and she acted like she had no clue that Kendra had died and wondered how the t- detective got her name. She also, like, <laughs> claimed that she had never even known Kendra or what she looked like or that he was dating a person named Kendra. Uh huh. And uh, so she was questioned for two hours, and in the time, or in all that time, she told him that her and Ricky had never really been serious, and she wasn't Whoa. upset that they had broken up, and that you know they were friends, and that she didn't even know Kendra. Uh-huh. And she said that the day that the day that she was murdered, she had been studying at the the library, and then she went to Chili's for dinner, and then she proceeded to pull the receipt out of her wallet. Of course. Like, the one mm-hmm. receipt that's in her wallet, like, a week later. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, see? And he was like, well, it does say that you she's were like, at Chili's. like, look, I always keep my Chili's receipt. Yes. <laughs> this is my Chili's wallet. <laughs> so I can remember what I ordered the time before. Mm-hmm. Love those blooming onions. Is that a thing at Chili's? I don't Outback. think so. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Chili. I don't know what Chili's has. Microwaved food. Yes. Okay. Don't they all? Don't they all? I don't know. I was trying to think of one thing that Chili's has, and I was like potato skins, but that's not Chili's. I don't even know what they have. Chili's. I think it's all appetizers. I don't think they have chili. Chicken wings. Do you think they have chili? Chili wings. Chili fries? <laughs> Probably fries. Definitely fries. Definitely fries. Hmm. Well, it's not unique to them, though. No. No. I don't know. What, I have no mm-hmm. idea. Anyway, uh, so then Crystal, during the same time, was brought in for questioning, and she acknowledged that she had driven the Jeep to the apartment complex, but that she did so because she wanted to eat at a restaurant that was nearby, and she was like, I'm just going to park in this garage. And then she changed her story to say that she actually had her son in the car and there was a cool park nearby. Why did she even need to be involved? Uh, There's none. Yeah. I mean, she got the connection to Christopher. I don't know. So then she changed her story again and said that her and this man named Lamar had been hired by <laughs> oh had been hired by Brenda to go rob someone, but that no one was supposed to die. Mm-hmm. But that after Lamar shot the woman, um, she was scared and he pointed the gun at her and was like, drive. Right. And so then she was like, I'm scared. I'll drive. Right. Right. And then Detective Barnes arrested Crystal on capital murder charges. 
And then she has like these pictures of her holding $500 online. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. $500 is not enough. It's not enough for even like nothing. For nothing. No, nothing. For nothing. nothing. No. So yeah, so Crystal's arrested, but they had to let Brenda go for now because they didn't have any solid evidence that linked her at the moment. Well, no, they had that Chili's receipt. They had the Chili's, exactly. Involved. She has a, pure, a really good alibi. She got fries and... Um, the Chili's special. Ch- chili fries. Chili's chili fries. Yeah. And our chili beans. <laughs> chili beans for days. <laughs> so detectives looked at Crystal's phone records and they noticed calls back and forth between her and Christopher's phone. Mm-hmm. So they were like, who's this guy? And they go and talk to him. And somehow they got a warrant to search his car, and they found the gun in his car. Well, he probably, I mean, he had a record, so I'm sure it wasn't that hard to get a warrant to search his car. Unfortunately, that's how it works, but... That's true. So, once they tested the gun, it was proven to be the murder weapon. He kept it. He kept it. It's his gun. It's his special gun. So they arrested him, naturally. Yeah. And then they went looking for Brenda. But by this time, Brenda had boarded a bus headed to mexico brenda boarded a bus <laughs> brenda boarded a bus to the border <laughs> border bus the border bus and she got into mexico and she lived there for six months with with family she has a bunch of relatives there damn you know? and like they didn't know that she was being sure. looked they were just like we love her she's home hooray we're yeah. like hanging out and it was great times good family times so the FBI put out, like, you know, a bulletin, like, we're looking for this yeah, wanted, wanted chick. And um, the Mexican authorities, they, so because she was a citizen of Mexico and she's a citizen of the United States, yeah, they um, basically don't, Mexico doesn't extradite to places that have the death penalty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Dallas district attorneys had to pinky swear that they weren't going to charge her with, or charge, sentence her to death. Right. And promise then, ring. They promise said that ring. Promise yep. ring right over. <laughs> pinky swear, promise ring. Like, so give you me your ring sizes. <laughs> you know it's for sure. And they were like, okay, if you promise. I mean, I respect that yeah. Mexico. Yeah. So they uh, ma- making a promise with Texas. It's a bold move. That's risky. Very risky. <laughs> but they did, and Kevin Brooks, the lead prosecuting attorney, knew that he didn't have a solid case against Brenda. What? Because I mean, there Chili's receipts. Chili's receipts. <laughs> so he offered Crystal. Well- a deal. But if they had a warrant for her arrest, they could have checked her computer, her phone. Yeah, but I mean, she, it would be like a case for like stalking or like, but they didn't have physical evidence that linked her to the murder Ugh. yet. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so he offered Crystal a 35-year sentence in return for her testimony. Damn. Yeah, she was going to be charged with capital murder. Damn. And that's life. So capital's death, isn't it? I thought like any offense above five years in Texas was death penalty. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought capital was was death, but I don't know. God, Crystal, you have a kid. Capital murder is a murder for which the perpetrator may be sentenced to capital punishment, which is the death penalty. So you may be. You don't have to be, but it's on the table. 
they could well, you charge go, it. you get charged with capital murder, then they do like, oh, a another trial, thing. should we go to death? Yeah, or... yeah, sentencing. Right. So, yeah, so she's like, I'll take 35, that's fine, because yeah. also her lawyer was like, if you take the, that deal, you can probably get out on parole well, in 15. she put herself in the place yeah. at the time. And she was like 26 when she got arrested. Oh, God. Her son was like six or seven or something. Crystal. So, yeah, so she's like, I can maybe get out in 15, I'll take the deal. Fucking A. Um, Christopher was tried first in October of 2018, and jurors took two hours to find him guilty, and they voted to sentence him to death by lethal injection. Yeah, they're really free with it in Texas. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And then Brenda's trial began in June of 2019, and it took the jurors 20 minutes wow. to find her guilty of capital murder and she was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Oh, they kept their promise. They kept their promise. 20 minutes is not even enough time to fill out the <laughs> paperwork. Not what even happened? like all file in and shut down, shut the door yeah, and the sit down. Yeah, the first one gets in there and starts filling out the paperwork. <laughs> the rest is like, yeah, we're good. Okay. We're good. We all agree. Lock her up. She Shit. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so, and Crystal's there for uh, who knows how long. Well, she's sentenced to 35 years, so she might be eligible for parole. Good behavior if they do that in Texas. I don't know. know. (laughs) Probably like doing hard labor. Oh my god, just breaking rocks and (sighs) shit. Chain gang. That, like, stalking. Yes. What do you think is going to happen? Scary, but like... He's going to be like, oh, my like girlfriend's dead, now I'm going to go back to you? It's not, there's no logic. And the fucked up thing is, like, law enforcement can't really do anything about it most of the time unless someone is, like, actually, you know, being assaulted well, in the moment. they can't now because stalking laws are kind of antiquated. But nowadays, I feel like they're getting better. Hopefully, they're passing, like, better laws of actually being able to prosecute people. Yeah. For stalking. Because it's scary. it's terrifying and it ruins people's lives. And then, and, like, this guy, clearly, like, you know, he was just trying to go on with his life he like he thought he had a good relationship with his ex he thought they ended am- amicably yeah he thought like it's all good i'm moving on well and meet did this, he know meet this awesome girl and like she's really great and she has like a whole life ahead of her yeah and this and psycho think bitch of, like, think of like the guilt you know like all because i broke up with this person yeah, yeah he, now this like really amazing person is dead he blames himself to this day that's off, and it's clearly not his fault, like at all, not even a little bit. But that's, yep. So he has to like miss her, and he feels bad about, ugh, all because of this bitch. All because of this bitch, Brenda Delgado. Again, Brenda. What a turd. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. A tossed salad, a scrambled egg. The tossed salad. The tossed salad. And the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. Right. So the tossed salad has more components. The person is able to compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind. They're all kinds of mixed up. There's no focus. They're disorganized. I mean, at this point, I don't even know. Like, maybe because her plan made absolutely no sense, maybe she is a little scrambled. I don't fucking know, but... Well, it's interesting to me that, like, I mean, 
from what from the article mm-hmm. <laughs> that I read, it's like she had no signs of other behavior like that in the past, and like she was always like very studious. She worked hard. She always had like a job. You know, she was always like moving forward and mm-hmm. like seemingly making herself better. And it was just like, what about this one person like flipped you like that? But is it that, or is it just like? Like, all these people had a different relationship with her that wasn't, like, a romantic relationship. Right. So who knows how she is in romantic relationships. That's true. Especially with someone that she's like, oh, this person's going to be a doctor. He's going to take care of me. Like, I can't let that go. Yeah. But, like, clearly there's something inside her... I mean, it's kind of like the Jodi Arias thing where it's like, yeah, they like latch on to one person and they're like, that person's the perfect one. That one's the one and for if me. no one can have, or if, if I can't have him, yeah. like, no one can. But then like, I'm going to go eliminate his now girlfriend because hopefully, like you said, hopefully he'll be in a coma and then I'll nurse him back to health. Yeah. Like what the hell? And then I can hell? be like, we're in love. And you're like, clearly not the only person alive and you didn't work out twice. So why would he give you another chance anyway? Just because you think that like he's the one for you which clearly he's not like i just i ugh. i don't know i don't know i don't know i yeah but then like the fact that she like fled and just like set up crystal well and she spent like months planning shit even though the plan wasn't a real good plan plan and it wasn't very thorough and it wasn't i mean the all the plan was was like let's follow her around and spy and then i'm gonna pretend that i don't know who she is (laughs) yeah so like but right. she did go and plan and buy night vision binoculars That's and true. fucking like go spy on her in all these places. And like, and she downloaded all, you know, the app mm-hmm. and she was tracking them and she was looking at all his emails and all that shit. She's a toss salad. That's just horrible. What a horrible story. Yep. You're welcome. Now a word from our sponsors. Humblebee Herbal. All month long for February, they have new products you should check out. A lot of them are limited time offer until they sell out. They're featuring a rose vanilla scent right now, which is really nice. It's super Mm. sweet and yummy. And they have this really cute lotion bar that's a heart shape. And then it's got little flower petals in the middle. So if you need to moisturize and smell good this February, check out Humblebee Herbal. Check out Humble Bee Herbal's new products and use code CRIMINY20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's humblebeeherbal.com. Check them out. Humble Bee Herbal. Check them out. All right. So not only is February, you know, like Valentine's Day and all about roses and all that, but it's also Black History Month, which is what we talked about. Yeah. And I have a story... That's related to Black History Month. Wow, you actually did your homework. I I didn't. Good for you. (laughs) Okay, so this is the story of Claudette Colvin. Claudette Colvin was born on September 5th, 1939, to parents Mary Jane Gadsden and C.P. Austin. Her parents weren't able to support her financially, so she was adopted by her mom's great aunt and uncle, Marianne Mm. and Q.P. Colvin. Wow, a lot of initials. Yeah. So she grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, in a poor black neighborhood. Oof. She had two sisters. They're Delphine and Velma, which I love. Those kind of names need to come back. They're great. I love them. And Delphine was younger than Claudette, 
And when she was little, she got polio like really badly. And she died two (gasps) days before her 13th birthday. Delphine? Yeah, Delphine. Oh, no. Claudette's younger sister. Oh. Claudette went to Booker T. Washington High School. Mm -hmm. And she was a member of the NAACP Youth Council. Cool. She was a civil rights activist. And she had hopes to be president of the United States one day. Which I wish she had followed that because we could have used, you know, uh-huh. a woman president, a woman of color president, just like, you know, anything other than what we have been getting. So <laughs> in 1955, the high school that she went to was segregated. Mm. Obviously, it's Alabama. Yeah. And whenever I like do civil rights stuff, it's always like, that was not that long no, ago. No, it's not that long like, ago. Like, what the fuck? Yes. What disgusting. The fuck? And it's still happening. Ah, anyway, continue. So, the bus that she took to and from school every day was also segregated. Mm-hmm. So her family couldn't afford a car, so she was always she always took like public transportation and then obviously it was segregated. So on March second, she was headed home from school on the bus and the previous month was February, so they were talking about black history and civil rights movements and uh, like the constitution and just they're like, talking about that as they're like segregated in their classroom being like yeah look at this movement well, she's probably in like the black classroom so right. they're like hey these are like our leaders like this is what we're okay, fighting yeah, for yeah, this yeah. has been going on for like fucking ever yeah. right now like now so anyway so she's like all pumped up and she was like yeah, yeah. she yeah. like learned about harriet tubman and like yeah. you know the underground railroad and all of these like amazing people so She's on her way home and she's sitting in the like people of color section Uh where they were allowed to sit, which is like the back of the bust. So during segregation, basically it said that this wasn't the law, but it was like, it was like the expectation that like white people sat in the front, black people sat in the back. And then when all the white people seats were taken, then black people had to move back further and take like further back seats or they had to stand in the aisles to make room for like the white people and also white people wouldn't sit in a row with black people so if there were like there was like an empty seat in this whole row they wouldn't sit down until all the black people got up and moved because then that would look like they're equal or whatever okay so the south is lovely okay (laughs) so usually the bus that claudette would get on to and from school like there weren't usually like a lot of white people on the bus yeah. and like she and her classmates would take it and they usually had like a place to sit. But for whatever reason on this day, March 2nd, the white section got full mm-hmm. and then this like white woman got on the seat and I'm mean, sorry, got on the bus and she, she was like standing and the bus driver told Claudette and three of her classmates to move back further because mm. the woman couldn't sit in a row with like right. black people. So, The three classmates got up and moved, Mm -hmm. but Claudette was like, fuck no, I'm not moving. I just learned all this shit about like these strong people. Like Mm -hmm. I know my rights. I'm not fucking moving. And then at the same time, this young woman named Ruth Hamilton got on the bus and she was a pregnant black woman. So she sat next to Claudette Mm because she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like not fucking standing. So then the driver like looks in his mirror and Claudette said, quote, he asked both of us to get up. Mrs. Hamilton said she was not going to get up and that she had paid her fare and that she didn't feel like standing. So I told him I was not going to get up either. So he said, if you're not going to get up, I will get a policeman. 
I mean, yeah, because they're paying the same fee yes. that everyone else is paying. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. So the police arrive. Oh, jeez. And the police officer convinced a black man sitting behind Claudette and um, Mrs. Hamilton uh-huh. to move back so that the, the two of them could move back. So Mrs. Hamilton, like, moved back. But Claudette was like, no. Yeah. Fuck you. No. So finally, like... The entire row was cleared except for Claudette. And she was like, <laughs> and the woman was like, I'm not going to sit in this row because, you know, like she needs this whole row needs to be just empty basically <sighs> except for me because God. heaven forbid a person of color like sits in this row with me. I don't know. Yeah. Gross. If you couldn't see it coming, Claudette was forcibly removed from the bus mm-hmm. and arrested by two policemen, <laughs> Thomas J. Ward and Paul Headley. When Claudette refused to get up, she said that she was thinking about a school paper that she had just written that day mm-hmm. at school about the local custom that prohibited black people from using the dressing rooms what? to try on clothes. So they had to just buy clothes and not know like how they looked or how they fit. And um, what? Yeah. She said, we couldn't try on clothes. You had to take a brown paper bag and draw a diagram of your foot and take it to the store to get shoes because you couldn't try on shoes what so you had to be like this is my shoe size based on this like paper so if you've never drawing. had a shoe you wouldn't know your shoe size well, well also just... you still like i still try on shoes i like think i'm one size and then shoes like any clothes you know they well, like yeah, vary they brand to brand yeah, so you course. have to like put your foot in a shoe to see if it's gonna fit yeah. and like walk around the store it's comfortable yeah. but they had to like trace their feet that is disgusting yes like stupid shit so basically like she said referring to the white woman Mm -hmm. she couldn't sit in the same row as us because that would mean we were as good as her oh shit up okay this all happened nine months before rosa parks refused to go up her seat on the bus and rosa parks gets all the credit and claudette didn't get any even though she was like she was like, fuck no. So a classmate of Claudette's named Annie Larkins Price was on the bus. And she said the bus was getting crowded. And I remember the bus driver looking through the rearview mirror, asking Claudette to get up for the white woman, mm. which she didn't. Mm-hmm. She had been yelling, it's my constitutional right. She decided yeah. on that day that she wasn't going to move. You go, girl. Claudette recalled, history kept me stuck to my seat. I felt the hand of Harriet Tubman pushing down on one shoulder and Sojourner Truth pushing down on the other. Yeah. She also said, okay, so this is her experience with the police officer. So this person, oh, I didn't say my sources. I'm going to say them real quick. Okay, because I got my information from Wikipedia, NPR. Then um, Philip Hoos wrote this book called Claudette Colvin, Twice Mm. Towards Justice. And so they're like excerpts from the book. And then time.com. So this is one of the excerpts from the book because he interviewed her. So she said about the police, one of them said to the driver in a very angry tone, who is it? The motorman pointed at me. I heard him say, that's nothing new. I've had trouble with that thing before. (gasps) He called me a thing. Oh my God. They came to me and stood over me and one said, aren't you going to get up? I said, no, sir. He shouted, get up. Again, I started crying, but I felt even more defiant. I kept yeah. saying over and over in my high-pitched voice, oh. it's my constitutional right to sit here as much as that lady. Yeah. I paid my fare. It's my constitutional right. 
I knew I was ta- I knew I was talking back to a white policeman, but I had had enough. Yeah. So she said, one cop grabbed one of my hands. Oh, at this point, she's 15 years old. Oh, my God. So this little, and she, like, they all describe her as this, like, tiny little little girl with, like, this high-pitched voice and... And these two full-grown men are, yeah. are like, arresting but her. But she's, like, this, like, little 15-year-old girl, and she's taking a stand. Like, she's had it, you know? Yeah. Like, so much courage. Yes. So she said... One cop grabbed one of my hands and his partner grabbed the other and they pulled me straight out of my seat. Mm-mm. My books went flying everywhere. I went limp as a baby. I was too smart to fight back. They started dragging me backwards off the bus. Oh no. One of them kicked me. <gasps> I may have scratched one of them because I had long nails, but I sure didn't fight back. I kept screaming over and over, it's my constitutional right. I wasn't shouting anything profane. I never swore. Not then, not ever. I was shouting out my rights. Wow. It just killed me to leave the bus. I hated to give that white woman my seat when so many black people were standing. I was crying hard. The cops put me in the back of the police car and shut the door. Oh my God. They stood outside and talked to each other for a minute. And then one came back and told me to stick my hand out the open window he handcuffed me, then pulled the door open and jumped in the back seat with me. What? I put my knees together and crossed my hands over my lap and started praying. What the fuck? All ride long, they swore at me and ridiculed me. They took turns trying to guess my bra size. What the fuck? They called me N-word bitch. 15-year-old. And cracked jokes about parts of my body. A child. Mm-hmm. I recited the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm over and over in my head, trying to push back the fear. I assumed they were taking me to juvenile court because I was only 15. Yeah. I was thinking, now I'm going to be picking cotton since that's how they punish juveniles. Oh my God. They put you in a school out in the country where they made you do field work during the day. Shit. But we were going in the wrong direction, and they kept telling me I was going to Atmore, the women's penitentiary, Instead, we pulled up to the police station and they led me inside. More cops looked up when we came in and started calling me thing and whore. What? They booked me and took my fingerprints. For fucking sitting Uh on a bus. Yep. Then they put me back in the car and drove me to the city jail, the adult jail. Someone led me straight to a cell without giving me a chance to make a phone call. He opened the door and told me to get inside. He shut it hard behind me and turned the key. The lock fell into place with a heavy sound. It was the worst sound I ever heard. It sounded final. It said I was trapped. Shit. When he went away, I looked around me. Three bare walls, a toilet, and a cot. Then I felt down on my knee. Then I feel down on my knees in the middle of the cell and start crying again. I didn't know if anyone knew where I was or what had happened to me. I had no idea how long I'd be there. I cried and I put my hands together and prayed like I had never prayed before. Ugh. All because this woman wouldn't sit in a row with another person in it because she had darker skin. There were plenty of room. There was plenty of room for them all to like, you know, for her and the pregnant girl and for this white woman to I sit mean, down. I mean, even then, like, I'm not, I don't, obviously, I don't agree with any of that. Right, It's bullshit. Right. But it's like, why wouldn't they just 
if they even had to put their hands on her and move her off the bus, mm-hmm. move her off the bus, and that's like, why are you taking her to jail? Like, what are you gonna prove with that? Oh, How, what can you even I charge her with? Out. You'll find out what she what gets the charged fuck? with. But okay, so meanwhile, school schoolmates who had been on the bus ran home and and told Claudette's mom. Uh, at the house where she was working as a maid. And then the girls went over and took care of the ladies, three small children, so that Claudette's mom could leave. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these, these kids are amazing. So then Marianne Colvin called Claudette's pastor, the Reverend H.H. H. Johnson, and he had a car. So then they went to the police station together. Huh. So then she, Claudette said, when they led mom back, there I was in the cell. I wasn't crying hard. I was crying hard, sorry. And then mom got upset too. When she saw me, she didn't bawl me out. She just asked, are you all right, Claudette? Reverend Johnson bailed me out and we drove home. By the time we got to King Hill, word had spread everywhere. All of our neighbors came around and they were just squeezing me to death. I felt happy and proud. I had been talking about getting our rights ever since Jeremiah Reeves was arrested. And now they knew I was serious. Velma QP and Marianne's daughter, who was living with us at the time, kept saying it was my squeaky little voice that had saved me from getting beat up and raped by the cops. Oh my god. That night, Claudette's dad stayed up with a shotgun because they were all terrified that the clan was going to come and take her. Yeah. They didn't, but terrifying. She was like, I was really proud of what I did, but it was also really scary. Yeah, because you're putting a target on your... Had, yeah, like, retaliation was like shit. not a long shot. I so mean, then, yeah, those cops are probably KKK anyway. Yeah. So the thing about um, Jeremiah Reeves, uh-huh. he was a classmate of hers. And when he was 16, he like worked in a grocery store. And then when he was 22, he was tried and found guilty of raping a white woman when I guess... I think they had like a consensual sexual relationship or I don't oh, really know. So he was uh, killed because <gasps> of it at 22 years old. Uh, so that kind of sparked her like yeah. activism because what the fuck? Because you can just, they, they'll just kill anyone. Yeah, they will. They don't need any like any reason basically. Other than this, the color of your skin. Yeah. Ugh. So, so the whole thing, the whole thing about why... Claudette wasn't, she's not like, you know, Rosa Parks is, everyone knows Rosa Parks. Yeah. And nobody really knows Claudette. And one of the reasons was because, because black organizations believe that Rosa Parks was like a better figure for a test case for integration because she was an adult. Mm -hmm. She had a job and she had a middle class appearance. Mm. She had like smooth hair, you know, she didn't have like a fro or dreads or anything. And she also had, like, the maturity to handle being the center of it all. You know, like a 15-year-old. She's a spokesperson. Yeah, that's, like, a lot of pressure for a 15-year-old, you know. So Claudette said, my mother told me to be quiet about what I did. She told me to let Rosa be the one. White people aren't going to bother Rosa. Like, they like her. Mm. Well, the mom is probably, like, terrified, too. Like, you know... Like I'm proud of you. You did. You stood up for us. But like, we don't want anyone looking in our direction right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, well, that plus, yeah, that plus, it's like you're you're so young. Like, let 
Mm. Let them do what they're doing. Like, let someone else. Because also, Rosa Parks had, like, light skin. Yeah. It was, like, and... more, more accepted in the mainstream disgusting white people. Yeah. And they're just kind of worried that, like, they had to be really strategic about how they went right. about you know, right. getting rights yeah. because they're like, okay, well, if we have this like spunky 15 year old girl, who's obviously very passionate about this, who knows if she could handle the pressure and people are just going to like find something wrong with her and be like, Oh, look how crazy those black people are. Like we can't integrate them into society and yeah, you know, didn't whatever. Wanna, didn't want to give them a reason to not, uh, work with you. Yeah. And there was this whole part of like the civil rights movement that we're trying to like, keep the most appealing protesters the most seen. Right. So that's why a lot of times you see like a lot of men when really at least half the protesters were women, mm-hmm. like but they had to they had to just be really strategic about who was given the spotlight and Right. So they thought that Rosa Parks was like a safer a safer bet. So Plus she had been involved with like the NAACP and like Yeah, well Claudette um, I know she had like the junior was too, yeah, the youth yeah. league or whatever. So she knew Rosa Parks. I think that Rosa Parks was kind of like a mentor for yeah. her at some point, or like she was like in, in charge of their the group, group or something. Because I think Rosa Parks was also from Montgomery. After her arrest, Claudette found herself shunned by parts of her community, mm. and she experienced various difficulties. And she became pregnant when she was still like. A teenager. So they were like, we can't have this, like, young teenager be, like, the spokesperson. She's pregnant. Like, who knows? But still, like, who cares? Who cares? Anyway. No. So Claudette was initially charged with disturbing the peace, (laughs) violating the segregation laws. What? And battering and assaulting a police officer. Battering and assaulting a police officer. Uh Uh-huh. Even though she didn't touch them and they dragged her. Mm Mm-hmm. And they like, because she was, she like said that she was so afraid that they were going to rape her because mm-hmm. it happened all the time. Yeah. Like police would arrest a black woman and they would rape her. Yeah. Like, yeah, she was terrified that that was going to happen to her. So there's no way she's going to like do anything to put a target on herself, like with police officers. No. And also like, uh, no. Well, and they're making like these lewd comments to her and about her. And it's just like. Well, yeah, obviously, like, they're going to lie their asses off about everything anyway. And they do it all the time. So Mm -hmm. everyone's going to believe them and not this girl, this child. And, like, these two grown men are going to be like, oh, she battered Mm -hmm. us. Like, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, she assaulted us. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when she was bailed out by her minister, he told her that she had brought the revolution to Montgomery. Mm. So she was, like, super proud. And she should be. Yeah. So through the trial, Claudette was represented by Fred Gray. He was a lawyer for the Montgomery Improvement Association, which was organizing civil rights actions. She was convicted on all three charges in juvenile court. And when she appealed the case to the Montgomery Circuit Court on May 6th, 1955, they dropped the charges of disturbing the peace and violating the segregation laws, but they upheld her conviction for assaulting a police oh officer. Oh my god. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
together with Aurelia S. Browder, Susie McDonald, Mary Louise Smith, and Jeanette Reese, sorry, Jeanetta Reese, Claudette was one of the five plaintiffs in the court case of Browder versus Gale. Jeanetta Reese later resigned from the case, but that case organized and filed uh, in federal court by civil rights attorney Fred Gray. They filed a lawsuit that challenged city bus segregation in Montgomery, Alabama as unconstitutional. Mm. So all of these women had refused. They had a similar situation where they were told to get off the bus or like get in the back and they refused. So not just Rosa Parks, like all these things were happening like in Montgomery even. Yeah. And these people like aren't, they're not recognized. I don't know. It's just like, it just feels like there's not room for, for like all the, like there is, you know, like there's plenty of room for us to learn about all these people who have contributed something amazing to our history. But then it's like, it's like we're made to believe there's not enough room for everyone. So it's like, oh, well, we'll just mm. pick the light skin with the good hair and the, you know, I don't you know. Hear I'm not trying to take like, away from you hear Rosa the story Parks, of that, like, like you're, oh, she was an old lady that was like tired and it was yeah. like really, she's like in her early 40s and she's yeah. like, like it was all organized. And I mean, good that I'm glad that it happened and everything, but like, it's. But I just feel like there's room for everyone to get recognition. But for it's that. all, I think it's just all about like, the narrative of history like you mm-hmm. have to have like the few that pop up when it's like you're right like there are people that have tried and done things in the same vein but like it's all about marketing it's all about like how if, if you're trying to get a change or you're trying to like do something it's yeah it's always been about but marketing. it was like all happening in this like climate of change like there were yeah. so many people involved in all of this yeah we don't need to just pick one we can like celebrate everyone yeah. And just, like, what they've accomplished. So, during the court case, Claudette described her arrest. Mm-hmm. She said, I kept saying, he has no civil right. This is my constitutional right. You have no right to do this. And I just kept blabbing things out, and I never stopped. That was worse than stealing, you know, talking back to a white person. Oh, fuck. So, she knew, she knew, like... But that's not even talking back. But she knew saying, like, I know my rights. Like, yeah, you can't kick just me standing up for herself. To a white police officer was, like, super dangerous. Which, I mean, fuck. It still is. Don't talk to cops, kids. <laughs> just look the other way. <laughs> no, don't do, do anything. You can't do anything. I don't even know. I don't even know. So, Browder v. Gale made its way through the courts. On June 5th, 1956, the United States District Court the middle district of alabama issued a ruling declaring the state of alabama and montgomery's law mandating public bus segregation as unconstitutional nice state and local officials appealed the case to the united states supreme court which why but anyway (laughs) the supreme court summarily affirmed the district court decision on november 13th 1956 one month later the supreme court declined to reconsider and on December 20th, 1956, the court ordered Montgomery and the state of Alabama to end bus segregation permanently. Good. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? They're like, we got to appeal this? Like, fuck off. You lost. We said no. <laughs> so Claudette gave birth to a son named Raymond in March of 1956. And this is like... I, 
this is kind of like unsupported and unspeculated, but people thought that his father was this man named Elliot Klein, who was a very prominent white guy in Montgomery, but he like was known for sympathizing with people of color. Okay. So they kind of like speculate. Just and then because of that? I guess he later admitted, well, he like her, her son had like lighter skin and they just like thought, I don't know. And then later he admitted to being the father of the child, but then others were like, no, but like, okay. So then like, that just brings the issue. If there is this old white dude who like is supportive of people of color, but then like she's 15. She's 15. Yeah. No, that's not supportive. That's, that's pedophilia. Yeah. I don't know for sure if that's like, but they like included it. So I don't know, but. Anyway, so Claudette left Montgomery for New York City in 1958 because she had difficulty finding and keeping work following her participation in the court case that overturned bus segregation. Also, Rosa Parks left Montgomery for Detroit in 1957 because she probably found it hard to live there, too. I'm sure. (laughs) So Claudette stated that she was branded a troublemaker by many in her community, and she withdrew from college and struggled in Alabama. Uh, so in New York, Claudette and her son Raymond first lived with her older sister Velma, and then she got a job in 1969 as a nurse's aide in a nursing home in Manhattan. She worked there for 35 years and retired in 2004. While living in New York, she had a second son, and her first son, Raymond, died in 1993 in New York Whoa. of a heart attack <gasps> at age 37. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, that's awful. Wow. Holy shit. So in 2005, Claudette told the Montgomery advisor that she would not have changed her decision to remain seated on the bus. She said, I feel very, very proud of what I did. I do feel like what I did was a spark and it caught on. Mm. I'm not disappointed. Let the people know Rosa Parks was the right person for the boycott, but also let them know that the attorneys took four other women to the Supreme Court to challenge the law that led to the end of segregation. Yes. So on May 20th, 2018, Congressman Joe Crowley honored Claudette for her lifetime commitment to public service with a congressional certificate and an American flag. Oh, oh okay. Thanks. I can't just get this Cute. anywhere. So Claudette's role has not gone completely unrecognized. Councilman Larkin's sister was on the bus in 1955 when Claudette was arrested. And in the 2010s, Larkin arranged for a street to be named after Claudette. Later, Reverend Joseph Rembert said, if nobody did anything for Claudette Colvin in the past, why don't we do something for her right now? He contacted Montgomery Councilman Charles Ginwright and Tracy Larkin, and in 2017, the council passed a resolution for a proclamation honoring Claudette. March 2nd was named Claudette Colvin Day in Montgomery. Mayor Todd Strange Strange. (laughs) presented the proclamation and when speaking of Claudette said she was an early foot soldier in our civil rights and we did not want this opportunity to go by without declaring March 2nd as Claudette Colvin Day to thank her for her leadership in the modern day civil rights movement. I know people have heard her name before 
but I just thought we should have a day to celebrate her. Yeah, I mean, I think that should be everywhere. And in 2019, a statue of Rosa Rosa Parks was unveiled in Montgomery, Alabama, and four granite markers were also unveiled near the statue on the same day to honor the four plaintiffs in Browder versus Gale, including Claudette. That's nice. Yeah. So, badass. What a badass woman. At 15 15. years old. I mean... She was like, Shit. fuck you, I know my rights. Uh-huh, just learned this. I, I literally yes. just learned this in my class. Yes. So without Black History Month, Claudette would have not known about all the pioneers of yeah of uh, equality. And it's just shocking that we're still not farther along to this day. But, you know. Yeah. Great. I mean, I think there's been a light shown on... The issues that we have, and hopefully we can get those sorted quickly. Ugh. We need more people like Claudette to say, fuck you, I know my rights. Yeah, and everyone just needs to be a lot nicer and like, who cares if you're different? That's what's the cool thing. Like, I don't want to see everyone look the same. That's boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's predictable. It's getting real boring. It's yucky. Yeah. Let's celebrate diversity and yeah, just letting people be. Yeah, so everyone, go learn about someone cool that you've never heard of because we're not told these stories. Yep, the internet can be your friend. Or your enemy. Be careful where you're getting your information. Yes, this is very true. (laughs) But seriously, there's so much out there. There are so many people out there who are just like amazing human beings that we weren't taught about. Yeah. So educate yourselves. Educate yourselves. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. Tossed salad, a scrambled egg. Um, well, there's no tossed, well. Well, those police society. officers and society and that one, like, woman who wouldn't sit in the row with, yeah. like, a 15-year-old girl and a pregnant woman, like, fuck right off. Say what every, a bitch. Every bigot's got a scramble in their egg. Well, they're all just, like, tossed. They're a tossed cob. I'm going to go with a cob salad on that one. All right. Cobb salads, all bigots. Fuck off. You can just uh, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks. Great. All right. And now, let's do some grime and a sykes. Right before we get to that, seriously, guys, check out Humblebee Herbal. They got some really cool stuff for the month of February until supplies last. So, humblebeeherbal.com. Treat yourself. And now for the portion that we like to call Crimey Sakes, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. Okay, it was from um, 963xke.com. Touching the keys on an ATM right now feels like you're taking your life in your own hands, but this guy should have risked it. 34-year-old David Pan- Pangallo, Pangallo of Jefferson County, Colorado, needed to deposit some cash last Friday, so he went to his bank's drive-thru, where they still use those air power tubes, the, like, pneumatic tubes. Uh-huh. Those are so cool. Like, Yeah. Sucks it right up there. Yeah. Um, but when the teller opened Do the... Do you remember con- Two Angry... 
I don't know, Angry Beavers, Angry, and they yes, had that. Yes. Like yeah. It just go. Oh. No, they, they like, that's how they got <laughs> yeah, their yeah. mail. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So cool. I also secretly always just wanted their house. Yeah, their house was so fucking cool. That was cool. We couldn't afford that house, though. No. <laughs> lake front on the, right on the lake. It was a dam. I know it was. <laughs> no, I know it was. I'm just saying. It was like lake front. Anyway, yeah. he like puts the money in the tube to deposit it. Yeah. And it goes like up in the tube and the teller opened the container and they didn't just find money. They also found drugs. It turned out David accidentally put two bags of cocaine in with his cash. In the How? T- They're probably like little bagged little yeah, baggies and you have like still. a bo- you just have a bunch of cash. Just a handful of cash. What? And the bank teller called the cops. What? I know, snitch. The lame. <laughs> <laughs> they showed up, searched his car, and found more drugs. <gasps> but He was arrested and released on bail. It's not clear what charges he was facing. Look, we say this all the time. If you're going to commit one felony, just one at a time. One just at, one at a, a time. time. I guess maybe he was just doing one at a time, though. <laughs> just had drugs on him. Yeah. And just Man. Do, I mean, be careful what you put in the also, sucky tube. Yeah, that's cr- Like, how did they catch... How'd they catch him? Because they knew his name. Well, I'm sure when you pull up, you're like being recorded and shit. And then you get, you're depositing it into your bank account. So it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, this person. I would like to collect interest on this cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you just keep this, put that in my safe deposit box? <laughs> if you just add a little more cocaine every year, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> um, from the same source, the police in Elkhart County, Indiana, tried to pull over a 25-year-old guy named Musab Al Hussein from Minneapolis on Wednesday night when they spotted him in his red Ford Mustang doing 120 miles an hour on a 70-mile-an-hour zone. Whoa. But Musab just kept going, and he got to a 25 he got into a 25-mile chase with the cops. When he finally stopped, his excuse was he thought the cops wanted to drag race. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested on several charges, including reckless driving and resisting arrest. He's like, well, I go faster, you go faster. Like, yeah. clearly you want to race. You want to race. <laughs> and I'm like, way better than you. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, man, he's still trying to race me. <laughs> what an idiot. 25 miles, like half an hour in the car of being like, oh, we're still racing? Oh, okay. Oh, they're not slowing down yet. I'm not going to slow down either. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And then one last one. Same source. The police in Glenwood, West Virginia, got a call on Tuesday night about a domestic incident. When they showed up, a 38-year-old guy named Randall Lee Mays took off in his car. They chased him as he drove to the Ohio River. He then got out of the car, jumped in the river, and floated away on a log. What? What? (laughs) They wound up fishing him out of the river about three miles away, and he was arrested. Now that's some cartoon shit right yes. there. What? Yeah. What are the chances that log like, would be there exactly for him? Passing by perfect log time. It's like, oh, I remember where I left that one log. If I could just make it there. So good. And they're just like, we'll just meet him down river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, he should have gotten off at mile two. <laughs> oh, boy. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, Everyone, go find your log and float down your own river. That's weird. Float down your... <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Everyone, go float down the river on your log and hope that the cops don't get you 
Sounds three like miles down. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Well, yeah. I mean, <gasps> they're like. All know. right. On that log note. <laughs> mm. I guess I just thought it was like, you know, it reminded me of like floating down the river in the summer. And it's like, mm-hmm. seems like a nice relaxing activity. You just hop on. Go yeah. find your yeah. log and float down that river. Yes. If you need to do it, do it in your mind. But <laughs> any way you can relax this week, just find ways to to float down a river. Or you could take a bath with bath products oh. from Humble Bee Herbal. Check them out. They've got tons of shit. They Get got it. Bath fizzies. They've got bath salts. Not that kind. They've got. <laughs> <laughs> Just check them out. They got lovely soaps. Just they got lotion. They got lotion bars. They got lotion sticks. They got everything for your skin. It's all good for your skin. It's all good for the environment. Nothing weird. All natural. Check them out. Humblebeeherbal.com. All right. Talk at you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.